Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is September 12th. Today we're going to take a look at Isaiah chapter 14. And again, here in this chapter, we're going to see these dualistic prophecies. Isaiah is talking about the Jews and about Babylon and bringing Babylon down. All of that is absolutely true. But we're going to see in a very real way, a dualistic prophecy within that prophecy. We're going to see how that applies to the Jews, yes, but we're also going to see how it applies to us in our day. We're going to see multiple time periods. Remember how we talked about how Isaiah can be kind of confusing because he kind of jumps from time periods sometimes? We're going to see that as he prophesies about the pre-mortality and about the millennium. Lots of really neat things here in this chapter. So let's jump in. So let's start out in verse one, and we're just going to break this down little bit by little bit. It says, for the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will yet choose Israel and set them in their own land. Now let's break that down a little bit. Who was Jacob? Well, he was the father of Israel. He was a covenant father. And so here we're seeing this covenant relationship that the Lord has with his children and what that covenant does for us. It binds us to the Lord in a way that he is merciful, that he is choosing us, that he is protecting us, that he is guiding us home. And so here when it says the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, his covenant people, and will yet choose Israel. I love that idea that because of my covenants, because of that binding link that I have with the Lord, he will choose me. I love that thought. I love that idea. There's something really comforting in that to me. And then it goes on to say, and set them in their own land. Now, again, remember, this is a dualistic prophecy. The children of Israel, the Jews had been scattered at this point. And this is a prophecy that God will remember those children and that he will gather them again that they will come again. But it's also dualistic in that he's speaking of the latter days when we are to gather his children. I love as it goes on, it says, and strangers shall be joined with them. That shows the completeness of missionary work, that it's not just for direct descendants of the children of Israel, that it's not just for direct descendants of the 12th tribe but that strangers, people from outside are welcome to join in and are going to join in and be adopted into Israel. And it says, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. So we understand how that gathering works and what it looked like for the children of Israel, how they are gathered together after the scattering of Babylon. But how does it work for us? President Nelson has talked a lot lately about this idea of gathering and the importance of the gathering here on the earth today and how each and every one of us have the privilege to be involved in that gathering. Whether we are the children of Israel or whether we're the strangers that have joined in, we have a responsibility to now participate in that gathering. President Nelson said this, of all the people who have lived on the planet earth, we are the ones who get to participate in the final great gathering event. How exciting is that? Our Heavenly Father has reserved many of His most noble spirits, perhaps I might say, His finest team for this finest phase. Those noble spirits, those finest players, those heroes are you. I testify that the gathering is now, and it is real. 
President Nelson later says, participating in the gathering of Israel will require some sacrifice on your part. It may even require some changes in your life, and it will definitely take some of your time and energy and your God-given talents. Are you interested? I love how blunt he puts that there. If we are to do what's required of us, if we are to gather Israel, if we are to fulfill this prophecy, then it's going to take some change on our part. It's going to take some sacrifice on our part. It's going to take our time and our energy and our talents. But it is my promise and it's my experience that every effort we put in to God's work is worth it in the blessings that we receive and in the opportunity that we have to come closer to God. Now, the next little bit of this chapter is really kind of interesting and funny. Isaiah is prophesying that the children of Israel are going to overpower Babylon and that they are going to become the strong and the mighty. And then verses three through about 11 are basically Isaiah saying, and in that day, the children of Israel are going to sing this song to you. And it's kind of taunting the people of Babylon. And it's kind of funny and interesting, but we're going to skip ahead because that first part, Isaiah is going to say, yeah, and this is what it's going to be like when the children of Israel overcome Babylon. But then it's going to jump and it's going to show us multiple time periods and multiple dualistic prophecies when Isaiah is going to be talking about what it's like when we overcome Satan what it was like in the pre-mortal experience, and then what it will be like in the millennium. And so let's take a look at this. Starting in verse 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. It's interesting. I have those verses cross-referenced to Moses chapter 4. And when I taught seminary, I used to say to my students when we were studying Moses chapter 4, I'd say, hey, did you guys know that Satan has an eye problem? And they would look at me so confused because they would think that he had glaucoma or (laughs) needed to wear glasses, something like that. And I'd say, yeah, he has an eye problem. Let's take a look at these verses and see what his eye problem is. And then you go to these verses, the first couple verses of Moses chapter four, and listen to what Satan says. He says, here am I, send me, I will be thy son. I will redeem all mankind that not one soul shall be lost. And surely I will do it. Wherefore give me thine honor. It was all about him. And we see the same thing here in Isaiah. I will ascend. I will exalt my throne. I will sit upon the mount. I will ascend above the heights. I will be like the most high. It's all about him. And I love what this teaches us about the dangers of ego or self-aggrandizement or even selfishness. This wasn't about how he could bless or help other people. It wasn't about what he could do for others. It wasn't about how he could help or lift others. It was all about how he could exalt himself. It was all about pride. And so I love what these verses teach us about the dangers of pride and ego. Now, those verses are giving us kind of a pre-mortal glimpse at the adversary, but we beat him in the pre-mortal existence. He was not more powerful than us. The book of Revelations teaches us that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the power of their own testimony. But I like to change that to, we overcame him 
by the blood of the lamb and by the power of our own testimony. That's how we overpowered him once. And that's how we will do it again. The next couple verses are going to give us a glimpse into more of a millennial time period when it says, yet thou shalt be brought down, meaning Isaiah is talking to the adversary here, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit, and they that see thee narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? I love that. In that day when Satan is bound, people will look upon him and won't even give him the time of day. They won't even consider him and they'll say, wow, this is someone that used to cause us problems. My friends, I love that promised blessing of the millennial day, that in the millennial day, Satan will be bound. I remember learning about that as a kid and having this visual of God tying Satan up in cords, right? This just idea, almost like a cartoon idea of how God would just bind him up with rope. But my friends, that is not the case. The Lord isn't going to remove our agency by taking away Satan. And he's not going to remove agency even from the adversary. Satan in that day will be bound because of the righteous choices of those who follow God. He loses his power because we refuse to follow. And my friends, that is a beautiful millennial day promise, but I testify that it can be a promise in our lives as well. The adversary loses power in our lives when we refuse to give him power through our choices. My friends, do not fear what the adversary can do. Is he real? Yes. Is he trying to destroy the children of men? Yes. But he is not more powerful than you. Your choices, your obedience, your covenants can bind him both now and in the millennium. Take advantage of that power that you have and make the choices that will remove his power from your life. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 